0: Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have, I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. <clears throat> the sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their dark offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lions have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who, is, who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to show and or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness and joy At your right hand are pleasures forevermore.
1: Amen. That is the word of the Lord. Let's give it up for Dorothy. Let's give it up for this worship team, and you may be seated. Isn't that a good word, this psalm written by David? David was being chased by enemies, real enemies that were after him. We don't know the exact context of this psalm, but we know. That throughout David's life, he was a man of war, constantly battling against an enemy. And he was often on the run before he was enthroned as king by an unlikely person who you thought would be on his side, his own father-in-law. David knew what it was like to be persecuted, to be on the run. But here's the one thing that David did that is the message for us this morning. David knew how to run towards the Lord in times of trouble. Some of us in this house this morning are not experiencing trouble, praise the Lord. Maybe you just got out of a hard season and and you're singing hallelujah, praise be to God that, that, that this is today and it's not yesterday. And for that, I'm so grateful. And again, praise the Lord that you are living in that Chances are high, though, that you know someone that is going through a hard time, and chances are also high that there's a lot of us in here that are going through a hard time right now. Aren't you glad that the Bible talks about real stuff? That it doesn't pretend that when we come to know Jesus or when we come, come to church every Sunday that then we are promised a flowerly, flowery good life. Uh-uh, the Bible talks more about how to go through trouble than the promises of abundance here on this earth. Here's the truth. There will come a day where there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sin. And that is going to be a good day. And that's the day when we will be reunited with the Lord in heaven or whenever Jesus comes back and reestablishes heaven on earth, whichever one comes first. That is the good news of the Bible, that we are secure in our faith, that we have a forever to look forward to. And the truth of the Bible is also that he is with us through the trouble. Here's the message of this morning, in one sentence, God sometimes doesn't remove trouble from our lives, but He always sees us through it. God's promise is His presence through trouble, God's promise is His peace and His comfort through our trials. David here knows that. He is asking the Lord here in this first verse. Let's read it together. God, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. God is praying, Lord, keep me, another translation states. Keep me. Don't keep me from trouble. No, keep me through it. Preserve me, don't not deliver. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Another David Psalm says, "Deliver me, God. Take this away." This says, "Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge." We've been looking at this series in the Psalms. We're calling it "Songs of Jesus" because Jesus talked more about the Psalms. He quoted the Psalms more than any other book in the Old Testament in his ministry. And these Psalms are teaching us how to be real before the Lord in our walks with him, no matter whether we are checking out what it looks like to follow Jesus, whether we just started to follow Jesus or we've been following Jesus for a long time. This life is a journey, amen? This life is a journey, amen? And so we need to be honest and authentic before the Lord. He's not afraid of how we may be feeling or doing quite the contrary. He wants to be in it with And so this psalm teaches us this important principle of finding refuge in him. In you, I take refuge. In 2008, Hurricane Ike was on its way. Who remembers? On the coast of Texas. I was at the Texas State Campus at the time. I just started. I was my freshman year. I was super pumped. And then uh, my dad calls and says, hey, a hurricane's coming. Come home. Help me put up the shutters. And here's the thing. I grew up in a Mexican family. And in a Mexican family, you stick together through thick and thin. And so I was the only one on 21 and 290 going that way. There was bumper-to-bumper traffic coming this way. They were seeking out refuge. Smart people, I tell you. You know, But we had lived in Miami for a long time, and so we knew just a couple of shutters up on the windows, and then you just kind of ride through the storm, and oftentimes it doesn't you know, come. Sometimes it does anyway. Bottom line, there I went into the storm, and we wrote it out together, and here's what this reminded me of, that again, sometimes we ask God to remove our troubles from our lives, and and, and what we need to remember is sometimes he does, often, always, excuse me, always, though, he joins us in those troubles and sees us through. The second uh, verse is this. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. When we make God our refuge, when we make God our safe place, what we are saying is that there's nothing good outside of God. I want to talk about uh, what it means for us to adore, admit, and aspire to us. So we've been looking at this series, adore. What does this Psalm teach me about God. Uh, Admit. What does this psalm teach me about myself, my human tendencies, my issues, and aspire? What does this psalm teach me to become, to respond? How how is it calling me to respond? That's what we're going to look at this morning through Psalm 16. The first thing is this, adore. What does this psalm teach us about God? That he is our refuge, place, that he comforts me through times of Trouble—that That is the truth of who God is, that in any season, through any circumstance, we are secure in Christ, period. Refuge is used 37 times in the Old Testament. 27 of those are in the Psalms, so it's a consistent theme throughout the Psalms. 23 of the 150 Psalms talk about refuge explicitly and the other four uh, it's talking about being safe with the Lord here's our question as we look at how God uh, is our refuge am I asking God to remove trouble from my life or am I asking him to preserve me through it am I asking him to just push it away or, or am I asking him for the strength for the peace for the discernment in wisdom to walk through it with him. It's a very important distinction. And when we when it's the latter, we can rest assured that he will come through every time. Verse 2: I say, The Lord, you, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. Okay, so this goes back to there's nothing good outside of God. Uh, there's some good news here, and there's some bad news. Here's 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 the good news. <clears throat> uh, there are things that we can do for one another that help each other as the body of Christ, right? Let's look at the next verse here in verse three. is, for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. So David is saying that there are a lot of enemies out there, but he's gonna hold on to these excellent ones ones and whom all is delight. That's the people of God. Those are his uh, trusted friends. And so here in this place, we want to be a refuge every Sunday when we gather together in your community groups that we want that to be a smaller, deeper refuge where we can really walk the things of life with one another, um, the, the highs and, and the lows. So, so the good news is that God's given us this group, the, the, these people to do this with. Here's the bad news we will all let each other down. We will not measure up or be able to replace the refuge in the comfort that only God can bring. We will let each other down. It's in our human nature to do so. We will hurt one another. We will, uh, you know, give the cold shoulder, and we will create this chasm within ourselves, and that's the mystery that God still, in our imperfections, chooses to use us, imperfect people, for his perfect purposes, and so we must remember that only God is truly God. I was in a conversation with with a friend this week. We were having lunch, and we were talking about this this issue, this dichotomy that you know God uses imperfect people for His perfect purposes, and and He told me something that, that I thought was uh, interesting. He, he talking about church hurt, and when people you know not when people are not following Jesus, oftentimes it's not Jesus that's the problem; it's it's people that call upon Jesus that are the problem or the reason why people are away. From church, and he, and he put it this way. It's like uh, if, if I were to grab that guitar and play Hotel California, I can guarantee you that it's going to be a terrible presentation of what that song truly sounds like. I will botch it, and you will say that is not good, terrible, but what you won't say is the eagles are terrible. What you will say is that my interpretation and my presentation was not Good, we have to remember when we look at God as our refuge that he is perfect, that he will never let us down even when people do, even when we feel hurt by one another. God is our refuge place. So am I asking God to remove trouble or preserve me? Through it. Jesus in his final days with his disciples gave his disciples you know the the here here we go this is his last few words and in John 16 he says this about them and he says this about the world the time is coming John 1632 and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home meaning when trouble comes he's about to be, he's about to be arrested and crucified. When that happens, you're going to scatter to your own homes, Jesus is saying, and you will leave me. You're, you're going to leave, you know, the Messiah all alone. He's saying that you're going to be human. You're, you're, you're going to, you know, go far away and, and, and compromise Truth, the, the one person that's never let you down, you're going to let me down, says Jesus, yet I am not alone for my Father is with me. So Jesus is saying, I know, the, the Son knows that his safe place, his refuge is with the Father. In verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Again, God will never let us down. Isn't that good news this morning? I know it is for me and I hope it is for you. And so we need to adore God for that truth. That even when everyone else may have fallen away and left you, God does not. He didn't leave Jesus and he doesn't leave us. Here's what this psalm teaches us to admit. Verse 4. The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply their drink offerings of blood. I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. So David is speaking to these lowercase g gods at the time, Canaanite gods and other pagan gods where people would, instead of sacrificing to, 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 at the altar of the Lord, they would sacrifice and literally pour out these blood sacri- animal sacrifices to these lower g gods so that they can be in relationship with them. And and David is saying, man, when you do that, when you turn to any other God that is not Yahweh, when you turn to any other God that is not the one true living God, you will have sorrow and those sorrows will multiply. James 1 says it like this, our desires lead us to sin. And then when our sin is fully uh, developed, it leads to death All things in this world lead us to the path of death and destruction. Only through Jesus can we truly have life as he has created life. So what I need to admit is that I get myself sometimes in trouble in times of comfort. Sometimes we want comfort in troubled times, but we need to remember if we are comfortable, we need to go to God then too. Here's what I'm hoping this morning. For those that are in trouble right now, I hope that you receive the comfort of God that's available every day. And for those of us that are comfortable, I hope that we watch out and still continue to run to Jesus even in times of comfort. These last few years have been a reality check for all of us. No matter where we've lived, in any corner of the world, the whole world has seen trouble. And here's what this entire pandemic has taught. At least me, I think you may find that it is true for you as well. That COVID didn't cause any harm in and of itself besides the sickness. I'm talking about this societal issue that we've had. What COVID did is it made us really uncomfortable. We went from really comfortable. We've lived very comfortable lives here to really uncomfortable really fast, and that separated us from finding our refuge place in God, and so what it did is it actually revealed what was underneath the surface, and it brought it up because when we're uncomfortable, we, we, we are true to how we are really doing. Sorrows When we run towards other gods, multiply their drink offerings of blood. I will not pour out, says David, or take their names on my lips. Question for us, who, what, where do I turn for comfort in times of trouble? That's when you know what your idols are. What those things that are taking your affection, what those things that are uh, keeping you from the one true God, there are four idols that I want to talk about that we're seeing right now in our society, in our culture. The first one, these are fancy names, and then I'll explain it. It's hedonism. Hedonism is when we find satisfaction and in, in pleasure, when we seek after whatever feels good. I will serve my own desires above all. We're seeing that. We've seen that for a long time, and we're still seeing that. Whatever feels good, I'm going to run after. That is an idol. Another one close to it is individualism. Individualism is when we are the center of our world, our ambitions, our goals, even good ones like family or success or good goals. But when it takes the place of the one true God, it becomes and idol and, and we serve it with war, with our entire lives and, and and then our sorrows multiply. The third one, this one's increasing in our society. It's relativism. It's making sure that we are pleasing everybody, that that we stay free from uh, you know any sort of tension or conflict when when we clash, when our values clash. And the problem there is that we end up compromising capital T truth. We end up saying, well, this. Is gonna make you feel a little bit better, so I'm just gonna release it to you. And yeah, it's all you can do that, you can live this way, I can leave that way. And what we end up doing is again compromising truth and not standing up for the truth that we believe to be true according to what God has said in his word. That's relativism. And this last one is also relatively new. It's this sense of nationalism where what is going on in the world becomes. Number one in our individual world, and this one's an important one because if we can't control it, then we should let go and allow God to deal with what God uh, is is able to deal with because He is in control. He is sovereign, was, is, and will continue to be. And in this church, when it comes to our country, we are grateful. For where we live. Am I right? We are in prayer for our leaders and then we're active in the community. So we are going to be present in in saying we're going to be for these things that God has called us to be for unashamedly. But when it comes to the politic realm, the politics realm, we don't bow down to no elephants and we don't bow down to no donkey. We only bow down to the Lamb of God who is the only one that can take away our sins. He is king here here, and we represent him in his kingdom here on earth. So we gotta make sure that these idols don't keep us from seeking refuge in the one true God. Who, what, or where do I turn for comfort in times of trouble? Let me uh, talk about Jesus's cousin, John the Baptist. He was one of the holiest characters in the gospels outside of Jesus. He paved the way for God, but he found himself in an uncomfortable situation. He ended up in prison, not because he did anything wrong. He was persecuted and then King Herod threw him behind bars and he was a little confused in Matthew 11 Verse 2, we read that John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah, that's Jesus, was doing, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? When times get uncomfortable, we start doubting. God, are you really you say? I, I thought, Lord, that I was going to give my life to you and that things were going to be Okay. And that all the bad stuff was going to go away. And yet we find ourselves in times of trouble. Verse 4, Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me let's turn to the one who's able to preserve our life, here are two competing quotes from two pretty successful people, one a theologian another a famous musician maybe some would say he's a theologian too, Paul McCartney when I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom let it be That's what Paul McCartney says. Just let it be, man. Just let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Oh, let it be. C.S. Lewis, a real theologian, says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. When we find ourselves in times of trouble, it's not let it be. God says, come, come to me. Let me be your safe place, your refuge. Don't turn to all these other ways of the world. Trust me. I want to go back to Psalm 1. Can we do that? Sydney, please. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going a little out of order. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, excited. Uh, let's go to the Psalm, Psalm 16, verse 1. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. All these names of God are, are really cool. First, he says, oh God, that's Elohim. That's just the, the normal word for, 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 for God. The first one that we read in the Bible. The second, I say to the Lord. That's God's personal name. He revealed himself to Moses in Exodus as Yahweh, the great I am the one who was, is, and is to come. That's how we know that he is sovereign. That's what sets him apart from any other little G Elohim or God. He is the one who delivered God's people from the promised land. And then he says, you are my Lord. That's Adonai. That means master. That means that no matter what may be going on, we're going to choose to call upon God. Jesus as our Lord. We're going to say, Lord, protect me. I don't understand why sorrows in my life, sorrows in another person's life. God, I'm just going to choose to walk my way. Here's another thing that just came to me. When when we find ourselves at odds with other people that are not walking according to how God has called us to walk, here's what we need to do. We need to pursue them the way that Jesus pursued us, that is with great grace Jesus didn't pursue us wagging a finger and saying, how dare you? No, he he, he said, hey, I I welcome you. I I went to the cross for you. And then, and then we live the truth out, baby. We, We walk according to God's ways. We don't change our ways. We model that by the way that we live. And we pursue them the way that Jesus pursued us with awesome grace. And I think we'll find more and more people as we model that as a church, find refuge in the one true God. I'm almost done. Aspire. How does this psalm compel me to respond? We've talked about it already. We need to make Jesus our refuge. David made God his refuge in 27 times in the Gospels. We read that Jesus left the crowds and went away to be alone with his Father, Luke 5, 15, 16 says, Despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of other diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So even when people needed him, even when people were chasing after him. Jesus actually told his disciples, hey, keep this Messiah thing quiet for now. I just want a few people to know because he knew that it would escalate quickly, and that's exactly what ended up happening. People rushed to Jesus, and in John, it teaches us that when the, when the hour had come, then he, he went ahead and, and told everyone who he was. It was a timing thing, but he was faithful to withdraw and find refuge with God. When John the Baptist was in prison. He ended up being executed. And when Jesus caught word in Matthew 14, 13, we read that he withdrew to a desolate place to be with the Lord. God was his refuge. The Father was a refuge place for the Son. And so he must be our refuge place as well. This is what the rest of the psalm sounds like. Let's read these verses 5 through 11, a couple more verses and we'll be done. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. What David is speaking to is that he's choosing God to be his. The message translation or paraphrase of the Bible, Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase says that my choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me with a house and a yard, and then you made your I had another conversation this morning with a with an old friend, and we were talking about God's ways and how God's ways are narrow, but they're God's ways that lead to life. And I was telling him about how when I came to Jesus, there was no way that I would have thought that my life would look like the way that it looks like today. Anybody else with me there? When you give your life to Jesus and you have these goals and you have these dreams and you have these boundaries that you're, you're making, and then God says, hey, watch me. Watch me drop those. Watch me expand your influence. Watch me do something with your life that you could have never done on your own. What I'm most proud of is we're celebrating 10 years of marriage this Wednesday, and I never would have thought in a million years that God would give me the four kids that I have, the wife that I have, and the home that he is building in my life. God's ways are better. Anybody out there? God's ways are way better than anything that we could have planned for Ourselves, That's what David is saying here. He goes on. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always, not after, but before me. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. That's the Hebrew word for hell. Or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what we get when we make Jesus our refuge. No matter what may be going on, In our life. Question for us. Am I choosing God as my number one? Because he chose us. Here's the thing about this path. It talks about the path of life. In my conversation with with my friend. Again, the the road is narrow. If you follow Jesus. He's calling you to look different than the world. You're going to make decisions that the world is going to say. That's a foolish decision. You're going to make decisions that are different than the decisions you made. A couple years ago. Or a couple months ago. Or maybe a week or yesterday. It looks different. And sometimes we can get lost in the, well, why God are you asking me to not do these things when God is focused on just trust me and watch what I will give to you. Matthew 7, 13, 15 says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to destruction. Life and only a few find it. What is it? It's simple. It's just saying yes to Jesus, the only one that can lead us to everlasting life, the way and the truth. He is it. He is the narrow way. There is no other way to real life. And if you're saying that's my issue, Jose, or if you know somebody that's like that, that's why it's too narrow. It's too narrow. Something came up. This week in our news feed, that was actually pretty awesome news. This picture came up. It is the Carina Nebula. It was this picture that's been captured by a telescope that's man-made that now reveals something that is God-made many, 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 many millions of years ago. And we just now have a glimpse of it. And in Psalm 147, it says... This, that he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He is our refuge. He is our safe place in times of trouble. Verse 4, he determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. So is the road narrow? Yes. But his love is wide. His scope is wide. He is awesome. That is the God that we serve. And he is also incredibly Personal. He zooms in. And for some of us whose hair are fleeting, he zooms in even more. And he says this in Luke 12:7: Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. He's a God who knows every detail. And he wants us to be safe within his arms. He is our refuge. Here are the points to recap enclosed. God comforts me through times of trouble. Am I asking God to remove trouble or preserve me through it? We need to admit I get myself in trouble in times of comfort. Who, what, or where do I turn to for comfort in times of trouble and aspire? We need to make Jesus our refuge. Am I choosing God as our number one? No matter whether we've been following Jesus for a long time, we are just now starting to follow Jesus or perhaps today's the day where we start following Jesus. Let us remember that God will never let us down. Let's pray. I thank you, Father, for the truth of this psalm, for the way that you use David to pen it and the way that it finds itself in our hearts. How it connects with every single one of our stories. We thank you, God, that even though our sorrows multiply when, when, when we call upon your name, we know that you have cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, that you see us differently than anyone else does. Lord, that you are the God who will never fail us, who will never forsake us, who will never abandon us. You're the God who's Listening right now, and the one who knows every hair on our head and every star that is all the way out in space. You're awesome, God. So we worship you, and I pray for anyone in the house that is yet to say yes to you, Jesus. Maybe something clicked today, it didn't come from me, it was from you. And if that's you, God's not looking for any magical prayer, He's just looking. For a posture in your heart that's willing to receive what he already did for you through his life, through his death and his resurrection. And you can, as a symbol of that posture, repeat after me and just say, Jesus, I say yes to you and believe that you died for my sins and that thanks to your life, death and resurrection, you promise me everlasting life. Believe that you are the Son of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that we have a safe place in you. May we leave here encouraged and we continue to fortify.